Welcome to the HR Matters Podcast. HR Matters because people matter. The place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with news and topics that really matter and insights into the changes you can make in your organization today. For HR professionals, managers, and anyone who has a keen investment in the people within their organization. Featuring Marlene Fluch. Hey, hello. Myself, Lisa Dempsey. And today we have a really super duper special guest. Yeah. Shay Hardy. Hey. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad Yay. to be here again. Welcome back. Thank you. I missed you guys. We missed We've you missed you too. You too. <laughs> we both say it <laughs> together <laughs> in synchronicity. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to have you here. I think you wanted to talk about a, a topic that's close to your heart, Shay. So maybe maybe you want to give a short little introduction. Sure. Um, I think of the what I've been getting hearing a lot from people that I speak with is the struggle of uh, cultural transformation mm-hmm. and what it means for smaller companies, particularly ones that are going from uh, startup to scale up and um, the struggles that they have in implementing change in that fashion uh, and I thought it would be nice to talk about what uh, what's actually missing in in a proper cultural transformation program yeah what gets in the way yeah and I know you lovely ladies can share your experiences and wisdom with the with the people listening in cool good topic yeah and it, it change is always hard i guess and cultural transformation is always hard and thank you for pointing out that we what you were specifically hearing was from smaller organizations that are growing and the change that that, that they run into because i bet it's it's hugely different when you're seeing and helping organizations go through change, whether it's someone or an organization growing from startup to scale up or from scale up to even bigger versus organizations that are already huge or have a huge legacy because they've been around for so long. That's a very different type of change. Yeah. And those are really different journeys. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I'm glad you're bringing this up, and I'd love to talk about this more because there, there could be sides to change situations, and there could be missing ingredients or tips that would work in one situation but not in the other. So I'd be really happy to hear talk about some aspects of change and cultural transformation that. If someone's listening here, then they could use this one and someone in another context and another organization can use another tip and, and, and another piece of insight that they can bring back. So it's a bit different insights for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think, Marlene, you mentioned something really interesting, and that's that, you know, often you, you've been the observer of, of the different kinds of pain that people express, you know, the, the different pain points and the the, the struggle that shows up. So maybe do, do you want to share, you know, maybe some of the things that you've observed that, yeah, maybe when it's not going so well, the struggle is real, <laughs> how that shows up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, my, my experience in HR has been stepping into situations where change had already been occurring 
of organizations that had been growing before I stepped in. So I didn't experience or guide a change process myself per se, but I didn't see, I did see the effect on people and I did hear the, um, the, the echoes of all that change process and those change processes um, in, in what I heard my new co-workers talk about and how they approached it. And for example, there were, so what people, were some of the, yeah, yeah, there, there were some people in, actually in, 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 in multiple organizations that I've joined that, for example, it's a very small thing, but they were sad that when someone had a birthday, they could no longer hand out cakes to everybody. Just when you've grown from 45 or 65 to 120 or 150, you can't give everybody a piece of cake anymore. It's just not going to work. Or it's a lot then, of cake. you got to have a big budget. a lot yeah, of cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a we big didn't. cake budget. <laughs> that was not the type of organization that paid that much to have that kind of budget. And then, you know, then you'd have, you'd, you'd get cake every other day and you'd get fed up with it. Right. <laughs> don't be healthy. Cake for lunch again. Yeah. Not uh, <laughs> more cake. Um, and I was actually in the phase where we tried to find solution for that. Some some people didn't hand out anything anymore, and some people were adamant to still keep doing that, but then you know share the birthday with someone else, like let's do it together, or then just Aww. put a big big bucket of fruit in the kitchen, or you know find different solutions to that, but still keep up that connection because it sounded like they were missing that level of connection to everybody in the organization, which gets different when you, when you grow, when you get bigger. And so yeah, there was something I, important going on for them below the surface. It wasn't yeah. per se about the cake. It was, yeah. you know, something else was there. Yeah. It was about, it was about connecting and it was about knowing pretty much everyone in the organization, which you, you can't always keep up. And they were nostalgic about that they weren't exactly always complaining or anything. They were just nostalgic about the, the pros and the perks of, of what they enjoyed before that wasn't there anymore. And yeah. for me personally, I found it very valuable to give some space to that, to listen to that and to say, oh yeah, that makes sense that you, that you look back on it that way without dismissing it. But that is what I saw in other people and in other parts of parts of or levels of the organization of dismissing that and being impatient with, yeah, that was then this is now, come on, let it go. Um, I think yeah. that's often missing to just let people have those nostalgic feelings. I think Lisa was talking, we were talking earlier, Lisa was talking about how um, there's so much under the surface that you don't know yet. Mm. And, there's a maybe um, the iceberg effect, and I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to uh, repeat. I think Lisa's better to explain that one than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I mean, I, I think what what you're saying, Marlene, is is so important, and it is a really practical, you know, piece to to begin with to to recognize that those people who are maybe lamenting about the way things used to be, mm -hmm. they're not necessarily resisting. It is just a really natural part of the emotional journey. And there's the need to build in the time and the space to let that be expressed. And it's not about dwelling in it, uh, but just giving the space for people to 
say that and to allow it to be heard and to dig below, you know, wait a minute, this isn't about birthday cake. People aren't actually missing birthday cake because you're absolutely right. Like once you get to a certain threshold at an organization, you're going to be eating cake every single day for every <laughs> single meal. If everybody's doing, you know, you're doing cake for everyone for the birthdays. Oh, yeah. It's not workable. So it's, it's clearly not about the cake. It's about missing that connection and, and those people struggling to maybe find ways to connect with the growing number of people. You can't have that same kind of intimate relationship that you have when it's an organization of 10, when it's an organization of 10,000. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's that almost like, work. yeah, it, it's almost like in listening to you talk, it's like uh, the grieving process. Of course, no one has died in this situation, but a way of working and being has changed. Yeah, and we're moving into a new phase. Right. We're saying goodbye to it. So there is a, a whole process that you have to go through when it comes to change in your work life, because work is such a, huge part of your life that if you don't get a chance to process it it, it, it kind of sits there and it doesn't it doesn't feel right there's mm -hmm. a mismatch what would yeah be and you can't just step over it it, it yeah. has to you know you have to Not be able at all. to hear the problem and and just hold the space for it so we also recently did an episode on holding space so hopefully people have listened to that already and they haven't you can go back and and hear all about what it's about and why it's important but um you know, genuinely, handy, just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Genuinely just holding the space because it's not often, you know, really my experience. So I've, I've led a lot of cultural change and transformation and I've seen it be really successful and I've seen it go really wrong. Mm -hmm. And one of the most vital things in that is a understanding and recognizing that there is something happening below the surface. Mm. You know, there's things that people are feeling attached to, that they're lamenting, that they're grieving it's usually not about that thing. It's about the emotional journey below. Right. So being yeah. able to hold space for it and genuinely hear it, usually mm -hmm. it, it's really healing. People can then, once they feel seen and heard and like, oh yeah, you know, you, you see that this is a challenge for me. Nine times out of 10, that's enough. Mm -hmm. And then things kind of naturally move on. Yeah. Um, but I think Shay, you were, you were talking as well about, um, you know, building in time in, in these processes to really create buy-in, yeah, you know, the space to get people on board. Do, mm. do you want to say more about that? Because I, I think that's also such a vital piece yeah. and it takes more time than anybody ever imagines. <laughs> <laughs> so much more time. I mean, normally for the projects that I do in, in transformation, it's about how I, they bring me in to create engagement. So um, some companies misunderstand engagement to be that we should send out a newsletter every week. And I, it's a real process to get uh, companies to understand it's engagement is more than just communication uh, written wise. It's also right. getting people involved in the room to talk about what they're, what they think is needed so that they feel part of what's happening. So they're involved in the process. That's a big thing. Yeah, uh, instead it's a really of being, vital part of buy-in. Yeah, instead of being talked at, you're being talked with. It's a, it's such a minor. It's a small thing, but if you a small miss word it, and a big thing. <laughs> exactly, it's huge. If you miss that, it's it's really huge. And we talked about. I know we're saying we talked about um, um, 
we talked about having champions and ambassadors as early as possible yeah. uh, in the process. And how do you find those? How do you identify those? I think it comes in the first few meetings when you have everyone in the room mm-hmm. and you can already see who understands the vision of where the, the, the company is trying to take the transformation mm-hmm. and who feels aligned with it more easily. In my experience that those people have been the better ambassadors. Mm-hmm. It well, also has happened that it sorry. also has happened. <laughs> 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 Having to practice so polite. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add an and into that space? Yeah. Because um, I know I know in one of the change and transformation projects that, that I led and was a part of. Um, there was something that that was really surprising, and it was it was surprising to me as well. Is it wasn't just the people who were kind of naturally on board and who immediately it landed with and went, oh yes, I see, this is important. There, I was really surprised to see that in um, a really concrete way, some of the people who in those initial phases and in those initial meetings of here's an idea, let's have a discussion. And in that discussion, genuinely turned up looking like resistors, looking like they had lots of questions, they were struggling with it. Some of those people became the biggest champions. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. I think we were saying the same thing, but I totally agree. And it can happen that the who's the champion earlier on didn't really get the get where you're going mm. in the beginning and they become the resistors. So you'd have to be alert to that, stay alert to that and stay open. You also to have that. to be flexible. Mm. You really have to be flexible that everyone's going through the process in their own different way. Yeah. yeah. And speed. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing that there's, you know, again, for those people, there's something going on below the surface. So there's, you know, those people who maybe are first showing up, it looks like they're resistors because they're asking lots of really hard questions and it feels kind of sticky and, and, really uncomfortable because you're you know you're you're like putting this idea out there and you you want people to be on board um they're just trying to process it they're trying to understand it and they're 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 going through their own process of creating understanding and meaning for themselves um and so giving space for that it and again not dwelling in it but giving space for it is so important yeah i've I've even seen people who were so happy or or so anxious to see something become a success that they asked all the difficult critical questions because they want to get those bumps out of the way and they sound like naysayers and super critical but they're doing it because they're so invested and they're so anxious Mm. to make it successful yeah and it's a really critical piece to not just creating change and transformation, but creating that space of co-creation. And it's that magical space of co-creation where the buy-in becomes really organic Mm. and it carries with it a natural momentum. Yeah. I I, I love that. When we get to the space where it's co-creating, I feel like uh, the project is winning. (laughs) Yeah. I really, it's, it's it's a nice feeling when... The best project I've ever been on, we did this whole transformation. It took three years and it was great. It was a, a lot of buying on top and the on the middle and on the bottom, not so much, but they eventually came on board. At the end of it, we had a celebratory party for this mm-hmm. and people were thanking the manager 
for making this happen, for treating them like they were human beings. Cool. And not being dismissive of them. Like going up to our CFO and shaking his hand and just saying, thank you. I will not have a job tomorrow. But (laughs) the process was so, um, so uh, uh, rewarding in effect. They've been a part of something. Yes. And they truly felt like they were a part of it, that they were happy. They were very happy, which would be shocking for some people. It's great to hear that that is a possible and be constructive and and effective. You know, this really brings your business somewhere. Yeah. And it can be done. So what are are some of the areas where it, it can also go wrong? Like what are some of the other pain points that, that show up <sighs> misunderstanding their their previous culture mm. the people the legacy the people that are already on board yeah um, like I, I have the example yeah well i have the example of of uh you know I, I know a large bank was going through a transformation and um they wanted to be more agile they want to be more innovative they want to be more more change is happening fast and they need to move faster. It's an organization of 10,000 plus people. So moving faster is very hard. And they, they felt like their competition were smaller fintech organizations that are fun and, and, and uh, you know, young and, and, and hip. We're so looking they at their disruptors, basically. Yeah, the yes. traditional disruptors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they thought that was their competition. Uh, but they didn't really understand the people that they already had there. So they put a climbing wall in the middle of the the common area and no one used it. <laughs> <laughs> and they wondered why. And they really, they were like, they were complex because they put a lot of effort into having a climbing wall and having a, a football table and mm. um, having a place for people to relax. But that is not the culture that was already there from uh, a banking perspective. And, so and by the way, those things are not, they're, they're, they don't change the culture. No. You know, maybe people using them, maybe people feeling uh, that those things are accessible. That's a result maybe of a culture change, but just building it, you know, <laughs> it, it's not one of those cases of like, build it and they will come. <laughs> There's no. a whole, it's pretty hard to climb thing. a wall when you're in dress shoes and a right? power suit. When you know? you're in your tie and your button-up <laughs> right? shirt. <laughs> they completely missed the mark. It, and, and, and it's not to say that they couldn't have gotten there, but to move that in on day, day 35 and there was still a long way to go uh, was, I think, a miss uh, yeah. in their perception of where they were right then. Was it a perception in speed as well? Because some, some people may think that, you know, we'll change. It'll take a couple of months. Yeah, I, I think also in speed. They wanted to be more agile. And, and, you know, with agile, you move a bit faster. You, you, the processes are shorter, the timelines, you're more flexible. But they weren't there yet. And, and everyone can't be agile just because they took a course mm. in being agile. Right. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also, in my experience, one of the, the, the biggest errors is really thinking oh well we'll we'll do a course we'll do we'll publish a newsletter we'll do something we'll throw some information out there we'll get the banner happen 
Right. Yeah. We'll put the posters up in the hallway. We'll, you know, and stuff will happen. It'll, you know, pe- people will read it and they'll get it and they'll, 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 they'll be different. Right. Everybody got the poster. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got the poster. It's hanging everywhere. And it, you know, there, there's a real genuine process that happens of first there's, there's the hearing it, you know, there's the hearing the idea and there's an introduction to, Oh, there's this thing. Oh, it, there, there's something happening. There's something moving. Hopefully you're stimulating a little bit of curiosity. You're stimulating some questions. Mm-hmm. But then there's, there's a, another phase that is usually a much quieter phase of kind of just digesting it. So going from, right. you know, seeing it to actually hearing it to actually having things land about it. And then there's a really natural phase of some resistance and, and that turmoil, you know, like the pain that, that you were describing, Mario Line, and mm-hmm. of, you know, like, oh, this, this is really different and uh, it's uncomfortable and all that stuff that shows up below that surface. And then there's a whole lot of back and forth before you actually, there's a whole intimate dance before you reach the stage of actually living it. Right. And I think so often organizations, I don't know if it's that they're convincing themselves or people are selling them the snake oil of you mm-hmm. can run from, you know, one to a thousand in six weeks. Cause it's, I mean, I, I think there's a real, there's a genuine education that's needed at mm-hmm. whatever level the change is coming in at, whether it be, you know, there's a grassroots things going on of, of people, you know, at, at the, in the mass want to see change or it's something that's coming in from a a side perspective or it's a top down change. Those people who are trying to instigate that, there has to be a real acceptance and awareness that this is a really long, complex journey from going from seeing it to living it takes a lot of time and effort. You know, I know every major change and transformation I've been a part of, of doing and pitching. We've asked for a minimum of five to seven years mm, wow. to go from that seeing it to living it. So is there a way a to, yeah, that's, that's quite some time. And I can see that that's fair. Is there a way to help the drivers and like the people who, who asked for that change or, or initiated it or the board, board members? How do they, how do you, can you help them? develop that patience basically because it sounds like patience is a big factor yeah i think it's you know it is a little bit of that kind of um i don't want to call it educational process because it's it's you know it's not teaching them but it's it's managing expectations it's creating Mm. an awareness at that level of you know you can't just snap your fingers and boom it's done because it isn't about building the climbing wall. It isn't about hanging the poster. <laughs> it's about really reaching people and shifting behavior. And that mm. is a dance full of ups and downs. And there, there's a lot of learning that comes out of that as well along the way. So along that journey, your goals are going to shift. Your vision is going to change. And there, you know, there's that constant reiteration, recalibration. Um, would, you talk constant- about, would you talk about the... Uh, the results or deliverables or, or benefits of having that patience and going through that process in that way? Would, would that help? 
Well, I think it, it's really vital because it, a part of the expectation management um, is is really making sure that people are aware that that this isn't an instantaneous thing. There, there is no magical snake oil that you can you know, mm-hmm. kind of throw at this to make it happen. Um, and that's why also, you know, one of the things that I've often done, especially in in companies where there's concern about um, shareholders, you know, involve investor relations, get them on board really early on so that there's, there's a really clear story as well to, to help manage that stakeholder of, you know, yeah, you, as we go through this journey, as we go through this change, you might see a slowdown in returns and dividends. Um, and this is why this is, this is the longer term picture. This is the longer term vision. And this is the longer term value that we're looking to build. They've got to manage those expectations so that, you know, people don't lose patience. They don't halfway through go, when is this going to end? Because we just keep on going. Or they don't get pushed too much from, from other parties like investors. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I think with most boards, it's always the return on investment. And Mm. like, uh, like Lisa said, having those conversations up front and getting investor relations involved early on can help with those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It can make a huge difference. If you can get like investor relations to be one of your early adapters, gosh, you know, that's so valuable because they can help, help really give some of that breathing room that's needed, take some of the pressure off so that, you know, everybody in the organization can, can fully show up in the change and, and feel safe in, in that back and forth, because it is, it, 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 there's not a formula. We'll make it it's successful, really, make it lasting. Yeah. The whole point is to make it lasting. So mm-hmm. if you don't take the time, and especially some companies invest a lot of money to get it done. So if you don't actually follow through with it and, and, and do all the things that, that need to be done by bringing people along, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And celebrating the milestones. I mean, I remember one of the things that that we did in one of the massive culture change projects, uh, there was a rebranding and a culture change that we were running them in parallel because we really wanted people to be living the brand and to really make the organization more human. Um, And one of the most important things that we did was, you know, ran a few pilot groups create some of those early adapters and create some of those, you know, make space for some of those early success stories. Mm -hmm. And then we took the time to pause and really celebrate them. So we took the time to create films about, you know, what those teams had learned, what their journey had been about and what they were able to change, you know, what they were winning because they were adapting some of these different behaviors. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, then, put that out and there was then kind of a whole marketing campaign about yeah so this is how it's already coming to life and then there was the very open question of how do you want to bring it to life in your part of the business oh i like that yeah again going back to like the co-creation like what are we going to do together we're not going to tell you here's the formula you have to do it this way like you have to now say this every single morning to your colleagues. No, <laughs> I want to see you on the climbing wall at 9 a.m. Was <laughs> that open question of the co-creation of like, okay, so here's some inspiration. Here's how some of your colleagues in the business are adapting these ideas, adapting these values, adapting these behaviors. 
how do you want to do it? Play with it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and was it successful in the end, that company that did all that? Yeah. Or did they have other hurdles? Well, so that change process was incredibly successful. And not only was it successful in terms of creating a lot of, of buy-in and, and a lot of genuine behavior change. I mean, we even got to the point where um, running through our central project management office, so the office that approved every, it was a tech company. So mm -hmm. every single massive project had to go through this approvals process a part of that became also asking each project to demonstrate how they were going to contribute to these longer term values to this bigger wow. vision. So I it got like really, that. yeah, it got really embedded to the point that, you know, it also became one of the success criteria. Cool. Um, it got disrupted by some M and a activity that then caused, you know, priorities and things to, to shift. But, mm. you know, it's one of those things of, well, that's a part of the journey as well. And that's okay. Yeah. But it, you know, after, af actually after just three years, you could already see a, a measurable impact on the company's bottom line. There was, there were, there were more customers, there were higher margins, more revenue, more reach, um, higher employee retention. You know, really all of those things you want to see shift were, were shifting in, in really, successful ways nice. um, but it took you know it took about a, a two-year warm-up and and wind up to creating that yeah cool good story it was fun I loved mm -hmm. it, it it's still it, it, I love culture change and transformation it's uh it's just when it when there's the space to go dive into that journey and really the journey. And it's not about that linear A to B. It's about you set the A to B because that helps create some direction. But there's, you know, there's the iceberg that exists below the line. And that's a really bumpy journey. And when you're able to be with that, there's so much value that's created so much that you, you just there's no other way to create it you can't push it you can't force it well that's the main thing i guess you can't force it so if you ride along with it and just let it happen you you suddenly find all the value that that brings rather than resist resist that patience and resist that pace yeah if you if you go along with that and and, and let it work for you rather than get annoyed with it yeah. Yeah. And, and really focus on bringing it to life, you know, focus on the, the finding the way to, to live it. I'm curious, Shay, what are, what, what are some of your, you know, valuable takeaways? Like what, what would be the one thing that for all of the, the culture change and transformation projects you get involved in, you would wish would happen? Um, What's your I... main wish? <laughs> The main wish would be getting, uh, if you realize that you're going to need external help, to get them in as soon as possible hmm. as an organization. Um, I think culture, I think what some, some companies underestimate is the amount of work that it's going to take and they try to do yeah. it themselves. And, do you think they can um, do it without outside help? Do you think it can be in 100% I think it can be. Done? Okay. If they allow the people internally to take away part of their work hours, because something mm. has to give, I can't do my regular nine to five job and do cultural transformation. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. unless it's already part of my job. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like do it on top uh, of, on top of, and that's it. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of of time to add that in. Mm-hmm. And if you realize as early as possible that this, it's not. If you really want cultural change, it's more than an hour to a week extra. So, um, yeah. So either pencil that in or hire someone right. early on early on so that they can be part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's huge. And again, I think bringing in the, the team, the non-managerial team, uh, the non-managerial employees in as early as possible mm-hmm. so that yeah. they can help co-create. I think those are the two main things. Cool. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you, Lisa? What would be your um, main wish or top takeaway? Yeah, it, it's, it's actually, it's really similar to, to Shay's in it. And it is in that space of, Actually, I, I would encourage companies to pull in that outside help mm-hmm. really early on to help to really help learn and understand what the change and transformation journey is about. There are a lot of people who, you know, they say they're change managers. That's great. It you don't always have the full insight on on what that full change journey is going to be. And mm-hmm. there's you know, there really is a, a very delicate, it's you know, it's both an art and a science. Mm-hmm. And so really getting that information early on so you can manage those expectations, you can pull in the stakeholders that you need to, you can help create that buy-in and co-create really early on rather than trying to just dive into it and and see how it goes and then there's a lot of frustration and then you know suddenly you've you've created another barrier another threshold that has to be crossed Mm. and I think there's a lot of time and energy that gets lost in that there's also something that I wonder and I'll so I'll hold my hand up in in like full transparency this this definitely comes from my coaching perspective Mm. I wonder and I don't know, this is why this is why I asked you, Shay, if you thought that it always needed to be an external person or not. I don't know for sure that organizations can always like hold up that reflective observer mirror to themselves. Mm. You know, and, and fully nice do have a, a neutral view from the outside, I mean. Yeah. And 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 you know, have somebody who isn't married to the same stakes that you yeah, are in your position and your role. It, it's so much harder for a CEO to, you know, like honestly hold their hand up and say, I don't know, I need help. It, yeah. It's much easier when there's that external person going, hey, there's a little bit of this that's needed. Yeah. And but it's, also having that external person, like you said, hold up the mirror and that yeah. they recognize that something that that CEO is doing is causing yeah. the situation yeah. now. But can also do something about changing it, right? Yeah. Right, right. So I think there, there's a real value in in engaging in that external perspective from the, the the knowledge and the experience that could be there, as well as that you know, it's that neutral stake. Their their stake is in seeing the change and transformation run successfully, and that can be run in parallel with all of the other stakes in the business and, mm. and the, the people who are invested in their position in their, you know, what, whatever their, their journey is. Cool. What about you, Mario Line? Yeah. You know, what I, what I, what I've loved hearing is, and what I really see the benefit of is that 
going back as well to our previous episode about holding space and about making space in your head. And last week we spoke spoke about making space in your head for the stories of other people, which is a a really good skill to use and to practice in, in change situations, but also making space in your head for going on this ride and not trying to hurry it along, but being curious, borrowing a, a favorite word of, Lim, of Lisa's, getting <laughs> curious about what this ride is bringing you and what it's telling you, what, it's, what, it, what is happening, and, and the value and the benefits that it's bringing, the new information that it's bringing. Getting curious about that and letting that make you more patient to really go the journey rather than push it and prod it and hurry it along when it can't go that fast. Right. Yeah, there really, there really is learning in everything, mm. you know, and there, there's a reason why like fail forward has become such a strong movement. There's, you know, yeah. these, these things are really valuable. Right. You're going to get something out of it and get curious, get curious about that and make space for that. I, I, yeah. That's my, that would be my main wish. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, Thank you both for such a, a, a lovely and rich conversation. And, and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can listen to our podcast directly online. It's easy to find us and subscribe on all of your usual podcast platforms, whatever it may be, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you do subscribe so that you're the first one to learn about the latest episodes. We are also on a campaign to really specifically ask you to give us a rating and review. It, it will help us create more visibility and, and help create more change makers like you out there in the world. So please, please, please help us create some more visibility with that. We'd also love to hear your requests on uh, topics and hear your feedback. You know, what's on your mind in your workplace? Let us know. We'd really like to hear from you. Yes. So until next time, thanks Bye. everyone. Thank you, Shay. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Shay.